You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ten years ago, people actually had to physically go somewhere, wait in the queue, hand over cash. And the lending landscape was similarly quite cash-based, not technological. It would take many days, if not weeks, to get a loan. Welcome to How to Lend Money to Strangers with Brendan Lagrange. I've lived on three continents and visited 50 countries as a tourist, so I feel like I've got a pretty decent grasp on world geography. But Tajikistan, that's a country I'd struggle to place on a map. Even now, after looking it up, if it weren't for the Caspian Sea, I'm not sure I'd be able to pick it out if you shuffle Kyrgyzstan, Turkmenistan and Uzbekistan around a bit in that corner west of China and south of Russia. Ten years ago, its lending landscape was as slow and arduous to move through as its mountains are, but not today, thanks in no small part to the digital-first disruption of Alif Bank, whose co-founder, Abdullah Kurbanov, is with me today. Abdullah Kurbanov, co-founder of Aleph Bank, a buy now, pay later and mobile first disruptor in retail banking that is now also one of the leading fintechs in Central Asia. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Brendan. Uh, you have a great show. Uh, it's a privilege to be speaking with you. Oh, thank you. And you've got a great story with Aleph that I'm really looking forward to exploring now. But before we jump straight to that, I think it would be a shame if we left out your experience beforehand. Sure. My professional career started in the UK. Uh, after graduating from the LSE, I started working in financial consulting first, and then I moved on to investment banking uh, at UBS. I was covering uh, metals and mining out of the London office. And then I uh, also worked in Mongolia for a year as a VP for mining investments for a British private equity firm. I also incidentally learned how to code, well, a little bit uh, during my uh, work at Oliver Weidman. And that uh, skill to the small degree that it was, it was helpful when we started Alif because our first uh, sort of small in-house software was written back of that uh, experience. Yeah, you didn't go straight into banking. You became an internet founder as well. So just talk a little bit about uh, your previous experience in starting a, an internet startup. Well, uh, I returned to Tajikistan about 10 years ago, uh, and I was fortunate to have met with a lot of great minds and great hearts which led us to establish several successful companies, a few failed ones too, for sure. And uh, Alif Bank is, of course, the, the one I've spent most of my time on. But as you said, it's pro probably worth mentioning Somonti J as well. It's a classified ads company. Uh, we started with the Jahangir Zabirov and the Lawara Monov in 2012. Back then, in Tajikistan, people used a newspaper to announce job vacancies, car sales, house sales, similar things. And it was a newspaper solely dedicated to classified ads. It would come out once a week. Uh, you had to pay to place an ad and others had to pay to buy the newspaper and read the ads. But it was the only way and people used it. So it was clear at that point, especially after having seen Gumtree in the UK, for example, that in the future, you know, obviously this is where it would move. So we started the project. It took off slowly, but over the years, it grew to become 
the most visited and the most popular website in, in, in the Tajik internet domain. It's number one locally. And if we include foreign websites like Google and Instagram and so on, it's currently number seven. It's important to say that all the credit goes to my co-founders, uh, investors, and the team at Somon TJ. Initially, I was more involved, but after founding Alif, uh, Alif was my main focus, really. Takes time to, to start a bank. Let's start talking a little bit about Tajikistan, because for many people, myself included, I think it's a, a country and, and a sort of a broader Central Asian region that we don't hear about a lot. What is the marketplace like in Tajikistan? And in particular, what was that lending market like when you were thinking about starting a lift? Tajikistan, it's a small country. We have about 10 million people. It's a very beautiful, mountainous place. About 93% of our territory is covered by mountains. The Himalaya foothills, you know, they, they go all across Tajikistan. And there's a lot of uh, mountaineering, hiking, and, and this sort of activities taking place. Very beautiful. And it's ranked as uh, one of the safest countries in the world as well. Sadly, the economy is highly cash-based. About 80% of our monetary base is outside the banking sector. And 10 years ago, for a lot of transactions, people actually had to physically go somewhere, sometimes wait in the queue, and then hand over physical cash for, for lots of things, from like utility bill payments, sending or receiving money from someone. And the lending landscape was similarly quite cash-based, not technological. It would take many days, if not weeks, to get a loan. Default rates among banks, especially around 2015, went as high as about 40%. And in terms of technology in the financial sector, it was mainly the core banking system, usually built by Russian software companies like Airstyle and Tefte. And I think uh, one or two banks also had Oracle core banking system. But that was the landscape before and around the time we started Alif. What did you see that made you think, okay, this is a, a challenge we can take on. I want to revolutionize the, the landscape here. With that background, in terms of the financial industry, we wanted to establish the first Islamic and technological bank in the country to try to tackle those issues. And we needed about $10 million to, to start a bank. So we knocked on many doors, but we could not convince any investors. So we just decided to start ourselves. We went for the smallest license that we could afford. So in 2014, uh, myself, Ferdaus Mirzoev, and Zusho Rahmatuloyev, and an angel investor together established Alif as a microfinance company with Islamic finance principles in mind. Thankfully, uh, today we have more than 1,000 employees, over 1.5 million clients. Uh, we finally got our banking license three years ago, and within a year, we were voted as the most trusted bank in the country. So today we have about 90% of the buy now, pay later market, or 50% of mobile payments uh, and mobile outbound remittances market. We are the leaders in e-commerce. We signed a strategic partnership with Visa, the only such strategic partnership among the commercial banks in the region. And today, approximately 50% of all Visa payments in Tajikistan go through Alif. Four years ago, we expanded to Uzbekistan, a much larger neighboring country. And today we have about 35% of the BNPL market in Uzbekistan as well. At the moment, our run rate revenue is about $50 million. And thankfully, we've been growing at triple digit rates annually. You've obviously been a part of change in, in the Tajik market. Have you seen the market landscape follow you? Are there other changes happening now as the lending landscape also tries to, to keep up with your pace? Or what does the landscape look like now, 10 years later? It's a privilege and it's also a responsibility because as we have been providing these services, 
in Tajikistan in particular, we saw a lot of other banks also starting to provide similar services. And there is a good, healthy level of competition, especially in the payments area. Uh, with, with the BMPL, it's a product that has iterated over the years. And it seems like it's, it's harder to replicate at the moment, at least by others, because it relies on several layers of technology. Quite importantly, we developed our entire stack of banking technologies in-house, our own co-banking system, client relationship management software, mobile payment software, acquiring software, then mobile apps, and, and, and so on. And to this date, Alif is still the only bank in the country that has full internally written uh, banking system and many years ahead in terms of being able to roll out. So with the BMPL, we're, we're still far ahead in the market. But with the payment services, we, we've seen companies uh, either bring in foreign software and there have been a few that have written internally and they're active, for example, just in the bus or, or, or minibuses that we have in the city. You, you can pay with your card. You know, it's all digital. By now, any utility bill payment uh, it can be done from home. And as I was saying, thankfully, you know, as per the data from the Central Bank of Tajikistan, we have still the dominant share of the market. But, but the market is, is, is improving. We had non-cash transactions increasing significantly in pace. It's still small, uh, Brandon, to be clear, but ju just the mobile payments per se have reached almost the same size as the cards, and they're still growing at like five times volume per year. From a customer point of view, if they're thinking about borrowing money, what products does Alif offer? The main product that we have is what can be probably called as BMPL, but it's different from most of the traditional BMPLs that you probably think of like Klarna and others, because our products have a maturity of an average of about 12 months. And they range from 10 days all the way to two years. If you look at Tajikistan, we provide about 150,000 loans monthly. The average amount is about $40. And 80% of these loans are taken through Alif's mobile app. It's instantaneous. It happens either at the point of sales, at the store. Just to give an example, a couple of days ago, a taxi driver was telling me that he uses Alif Mobi to get a quick loan on the spot to buy petrol for his car. And then he provides the taxi service to people. He, he earns an income and then he uses part of that income to pay back the loan. And generally, the whole process is seamless. Once we onboard the client, we assign them credit limit and, and they can do transactions at thousands of stores and locations. Uh, and everything is processed within Alif to minimize third-party costs. So we do the merchant acquiring, we do the issuing of the loan, the app is ours, and so on. And stepping slightly back from, from the lending itself, in Alif Mobi, there are hundreds of high-demand services that users can pay for. Uh, they can send and receive money inside the country or to and from abroad. And you can easily use your pre-approved loan limit, or you can use your debit card balance or your wallet balance. And, and the volume on, on our side has been tripling every year. The amount of time that you're freeing up in, in the country by being able to do these transactions seamlessly from your phone, from wherever you happen to be, is remarkable. I think really great to hear. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, 
Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I remember particularly from, from when we were chatting when we first met, the deep philosophical roots of Aleph that it's not just we're another micro lender and, and we're doing it more efficiently so we can you know, drop the price a bit and improve access to credit. You do have this route in Islamic banking that shapes the organization in terms of the products, but also in terms of your concept of how you manage profitability and all of that. So how does the Islamic banking philosophy translate through into the way you design your products, the way you design your interactions with your customers? We try to do everything as much within Islamic finance principles as we can within the existing regulations. There is an Islamic banking law in Tajikistan. We, we have applied for the license and we're waiting. But in the meantime, we are making sure that our processes are as aligned as we can uh, have them. Now, the main difference between Islamic finance and traditional finance is that in Islamic finance, interest is prohibitive. It doesn't mean that Islamic banks are non-profit, but the mechanics are a bit different. Let, let me give you an example. One of the core products in Islamic finance is called murabaha. The bank finances the purchase of an asset or a service. Uh, for example, client wants to buy an equipment and needs $10,000. The Islamic bank would buy the equipment and sell it to the client for, uh, let's say, $11,000. And the $1,000 would be the profit of the Islamic bank, called a markup. You could look at this and say, how does that really differ from paying interest? And it's actually one of a frequent received criticisms when, when you don't consider a, an important point. The difference comes when the borrower pays later than agreed upon for any reason. In the traditional interest-based loan, the interest is accrued sometimes daily, sometimes monthly, often compounded. And the longer you hold the funds, the more you have to pay in terms of interest. In Murabaha, once you agree with the Islamic bank on the size of the markup, that absolute dollar amount is maximum that the Islamic bank can make. And if you look at it from the incentive mechanisms and so on, or, or, or if you consider that in most of the history, we didn't have consumer protection laws, we didn't have prohibitions against usury rates, if the loan could double and quadruple, if the borrower defaulted, it, uh, people fell into debt traps and they could not you know, get out of. So Muraba is quite different in that respect. That means that the Islamic banks, because they cannot make any money if the client defaults, they are actually more prudent, more diligent when they provide financing. And, you know, as we see more Islamic banks in the world, we, we, we'll, we'll see how they can fare through the crisis. And, and I, I believe that the 2007 financial crisis was a moment where Islamic banks actually fared much better compared to the traditional banks. I quite like that transparency in there right up front, you know, okay, am I comfortable taking on a loan? And then you can decide yes or no. It's just much easier to to really understand the cost of something when it's given in absolute figures and and we still have to show it uh, in terms of our own laws here in terms of what that equates in terms of traditional interest if it were an interest paid on time but still the user actually can see what what the absolute number is i've got a question on how you make the the loan decision so when a customer is applying for for credit with you at lf what tools and techniques do you have at your disposal to evaluate that? Are there credit bureaus in the market? Are you using sort of alternative data? In Tajikistan and in Uzbekistan, the process is slightly different but similar. 
we do have credit bureaus and they're quite useful. In Tajikistan, unfortunately, you know, we don't have a database where we could get access with client's permission, for example, and see the taxes paid by the client in terms of the salary taxes and so on. So we have to rely on alternative data sources quite a lot. In addition to credit bureau, we have integrations with mobile operators. We also see how they use AlifMobi. AlifMobi by now is a very popular payment application. And we see the volumes of payments that the user make and the type of payments they make. And based on this sort of integrations, if it's a client where we're not very comfortable, we, have, we can assign a smaller limit. Or, or if, you know, if we have additional data points, we can assign a higher limit. And then the clients with smaller credit limit can also over time get access to, to higher credit limits as they work with us and as they you know, show that they're consistently being responsible. Um, in Uzbekistan, we do actually have access to data that can show us the financial inflows and outflows of the client. And broadly, in both countries, we're also working on the AI implementation. So we're calling the model Ulchitai. It's a, it's a traditional name for Central Asia. So people from, from the, the region would probably smile at that choice, but it's a name for, for girls. And, and she does the scoring for uh, increasing number of uh, those applications. You've mentioned Uzbekistan. Obviously, uh, Aleph is still a young upstart, but you've already got uh, growth through the region, and I'm sure you've got big ambitions. What are your regional ambitions and maybe what challenges did that move into Uzbekistan bring and what did it teach you as you've looked to expand your, your footprint wider? Yeah, expanding to Uzbekistan, I think it was one of the best decisions we ever made. It was 2018. We had a trip to Tashkent with my co-founders, Firdaus and Zosho. Uh, we looked at the market. We, we really liked a number of indications and, and observations there. Doing business in Uzbekistan is quite straightforward. Uh, there is rule of law, the court system is very efficient, foreign investors are welcome, and we felt that we could come here and actually attempt to, to do business for the first time outside of Tajikistan. So in 2019, uh, Zuhu Shou, um took the challenge, he relocated to Tashkent, and we started building our services and our team there. And in, in these almost four years now, we are active in all the regions of Uzbekistan, and by our estimates, we have about 35% of the point of sales financing market. We brought in the uh, payments app to the country as well. We just launched it uh, a year ago. Now it's growing very fast and, and it taught us a lot of things. First, it made us a bit more positive in terms of expanding to new countries. So we started by targeting the markets where we felt our products could be of help and where the impact could also be felt in terms of the scale. So we went to countries like Bangladesh, to Pakistan, to the United Arab Emirates, to Saudi. We made our remote research of Indonesia, of Egypt. And after a lot of deliberation, de we decided, okay, we'll try to establish our presence in Pakistan. So we applied for a digital banking license there. And we will try to work on remittance piece of the puzzle in the Gulf area, starting from the United Arab Emirates. We're launching a service which will help the migrant workers in the United Arab Emirates to send money home in situations where they don't have the funds. We can send it for them and they can you know, pay us back later. Secondly, it taught us about, uh, and actually it made us to rewrite our software so that it's compatible with multi-user, multi-language, multi-tenant, and, and, and a hybrid data infrastructure. We actually took a whole year to rewrite our mobile app Alif Mobit. And it, it became a case study with AWS because of the way we built this hybrid local versus you know cloud data architecture. Uh, our long-term vision, uh, Brendan, is to build a global champion in Islamic fintech and hopefully you know serve 
as many of 2 billion plus Muslims in the world as we can. As we start to wrap up, Abdullah, one of the marks of a, of a great leader has always been said, you know, how well are they building up their replacements? How well are they developing other leaders as well? And I see that you've recently done just that. You've handed over the reins as CEO of LF. How did you manage that process? How did you think through the idea of, okay, I'm going to go give this thing I've created to somebody else to run while I take on new challenges? Myself and a team here, we, we're working on Islamic finance propositions within digital asset space, right? So thankfully, we've been always, uh, you know, growing quite rapidly and, and everyone in Alif had to grow in that process. The transition plan uh, started for more than a year ago. In January, we appointed January of last year, we appointed uh, the management board in Alif Bank. It consists of uh, three people, Lanor Atobek, Dilawar Amonov and Daler Karimov. Dilawar and Daler had been with Alif for many years now and, and Bulanor had joined recently from Deloitte, where she had worked for about 17 years. She was leading the practice in Tajikistan for the past 13 years or so. And I, I should be naming 20, 30, many more people that are, you know, in the senior management of Alif because we're truly blessed with some of the best people. And we have actually had zero churn in our top management from the very start. And, and I actually want to take a step back here, if you don't mind, and, and just make a few remarks about people in Alif overall, about, about our efforts in combining technology and education. I don't know if you, if you, if you knew the average age of our employees is 25. Uh, we hire a lot of students, recent graduates, and we train them ourselves. So, so to give an example of specific training, for example, we, IT skills uh, is an area where we felt that we could contribute to the education system in Tajikistan. So we established Alif Academy in 2017, a non-profit where we promote IT education. So we provide free programming courses, uh, including special courses for girls, for kids, for Afghan refugees. So far, we've had more than 2,000 graduates uh, of these courses, and some of them work in Alif, some of them work in other companies. And hopefully now in the new countries, we had and we, we have the privilege of being able to attract some of the most bright, kind, noble, energetic individuals. Uh, throughout all these years, uh, we had more than 50,000 applications to, to our vacancies. And we've chosen and retained the very best. And we really wanted them to feel the ownership of Alif in all ways, including the financial aspect. So we have a, an employee stock option plan where more than 25% of Alif's shares is dedicated to employees. And that we distribute that quite widely, more than 300 of our employees are also shareholders. So I, I can go on and on about our team for, for, for hours uh, because, yeah, they're, they're the greatest blessing we have. Remarkable that such a, a fast-growing, fast-changing environment you've managed to keep this core of people there and, and growing them and developing them, I guess, giving them these challenges for the future that keep them fulfilled. So, yeah, a lovely story to hear. And for yourself, I know you're not just sort of stepping away to take some time off. You've got some exciting challenges that you are looking at for Aleph as well. So do you want to finish by just talking about what you're going to be focusing your energies on? In addition to, to the geographic expansion that we're having, we're also considering the technological expansions that we make. And, and blockchain is surely has been one of those technological advances that have caught a lot of people's attention. And, and we've been studying this for more than a year now. And we feel that we could possibly bring very valuable, very transparent and ethical Islamic finance solutions into the digital asset space. And we're working on it. We are planning to launch our first service within the next couple of weeks. In terms of the longer term roadmap, hopefully 
the results would speak for themselves, but it's an interest-free short-term loan that we provide to our clients in stablecoins. They provide us with collateral uh, in other common cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and so on. And, and it's fully interest-free. The users can leave a tip if they want to. We have had a similar product in Tajikistan, and it's, it's, it's used quite commonly. You can check it on wad.io, W-A-A-D. So if people want to follow the Aleph story, if they want to learn more about what you're doing, where's a good place to go to follow you or to keep in touch with that, that growth? Yeah, uh, LinkedIn is probably the best place. Myself, uh, Abdullah Kurbanov, as well as my co-founders, dear friends, Zulshora, Matloy, Firdaus, Mirzev. We'll put the links in the show notes. Thank you again for your time. It's been wonderful hearing about what you've achieved and exciting to hear what your ambitions are for the future. So yeah, thank you very much again. Thank you very much, Brendan. And thank you all for listening. Please do look for and follow the show on your favorite podcast platform and share the updates widely on LinkedIn where lending nerds are found in our largest concentration. Plus, send me a connection request while you're there. This show is written and recorded by myself, Brendan LaGrange, in Brighton, England, and edited by Fina Charlson of FC Productions. Show music is by I Am Wake, and you can find show notes and written transcripts at www.howtolendmoneytostrangers.show or just www.htlmts.show, and I'll see you again next Thursday. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.